Welcome to The Skinny here on WMNF Tampa. We're here every Friday from 11 a.m. to noon. My name is Ray Rowe. I'm the editor-in-chief at Creative Loafing Tampa Bay. Here with me is Ben Montgomery, author, freelance journalist, and boat captain. Ben, <laughs> thank you for holding it down uh, like last the week. the way that sounds. Yeah, I had a, had a good time by myself. Uh, I missed you, though. I missed you guys, too, and uh, congrats to my sister on getting married. It was awesome um, to do that, but it's really great uh, to be back here. Um, missing today, our colleague, Mitch Perry. He's not hey, here because for 60 days he uh, gets exiled in Tallahassee to cover the legislative session. But he is here in spirit today um, because in his work for the nonprofit newsroom Florida Phoenix – Mitch recently filed a story detailing how Florida's civilian police oversight boards are in jeopardy and could be resolved. Um, in Florida, there are 21 jurisdictions, including Tampa and St. Petersburg, that have citizen review boards, um, also known as CRBs. And what uh, is a citizen review board? Citizen review board um, is a body of volunteers. Um, in, in, in the case of Tampa, um, they get together and they review, in part, um, Closed internal investigations cases kind of assess how it was handled, make a recommendation, um, and then they bring that to the chief. Um, and we'll get into some of those kind of nuts and bolts later. And and later in the show, we'll actually be joined by two members of Tampa Citizen Review Board. But right now, uh, we are joined in the first half of today's program by James Michael Shaw, Jr. He is a Tampa lawyer and musician who has now spent 15 years with the ACLU of Florida, most recently serving as a member of its board of directors. James, welcome to The Skinny on WMNF. Are you there? I am. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks uh, Thanks for being here. So um, uh, to answer your question here, um, Ben, Tampa's CRB was founded in 2015 um, in the wake of a Tampa Bay Times investigation and uh, Department of Justice follow-up, which found that Tampa police, um, then under Chief Jane Castor, uh, disproportionately ticketed black bicyclists. Uh, more specifically, the DOJ determined that nearly 75% of the bicyclists stopped by Tampa police were black at a time when only a quarter of Tampa's population was black. Um, the creation of, of Tampa CRV was pretty contentious, I, I would say, um, under then-Mayor Bob Buckhorn's administration. Ultimately, uh, the city that ended up, we did end up with a review board. Many critics have said uh, it lacks and still lacks teeth, and we'll definitely get into that later. And we'll talk about the makeup of that board more specifically, but James, correct me if I'm wrong in saying that uh, the CRB's basic and highest function is to review uh, TPD's completed disciplinary cases. Uh, like I said, the, the board takes uh, reports its findings to the chief of police who decides on any policy changes. And I should note that these boards uh, have no power to discipline um, officers and must comply with uh, Florida Police Officers' Bill of Rights, which very explicitly spells out officers' claims, due process, um, things like that. Is that correct? That's essentially correct, yeah. The the, the Tampa CRB reviews closed investigations uh, under two circumstances, where either where discipline has been imposed or circumstances involving the use of force or, or cases that are of interest to the community or the city, like, for instance, when uh, a police chief flashed their badge to get out of a uh, out of a ticket. But the, it has it's not the only function of the Tampa CRB. It does participate in the hiring process. It performs a biannual, uh, or I guess biennial is the right word, community survey to obtain public feedback. It makes findings and recommendations to the chief of police. But its chief function is to review the closed investigations. By the time they're reviewing it, the, the investigation is over and they have really no opportunity to influence it. 
Um, the best that they can do is read it and then report back to the chief. We agree with the finding or we don't agree. That's the one and only thing that it can do. But it's still important that that somebody is is reading those and checking the work and 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 making sure that that the public agrees with the outcomes of these investigations. And and we invited you to the show today, James, because in the city's discussion about its CRB, you, you've been on the dais frequently uh, to advocate not just for its existence, but for it to have capabilities beyond reviewing uh, closed cases. For example, uh, subpoena power and its own independent attorney instead of a city-appointed lawyer. Um, you appeared so frequently and forcefully at City Hall that at one point, Tampa City Council once suggested an investigation into a uh, police union vice president uh, who told council members he did opposition uh, research on you, on you, essentially a private Tampa citizen, obviously an activist um, as, as well. But um, a question for you, James, why is the CRB so existence so important to you? Well, CRBs go back to the 1950s when they were created to try to to build trust between law enforcement and the communities that they police. And you, you've seen, uh, especially in the last five years, uh, it, with flare-ups like the, the George Floyd incident or the Breonna Taylor incident, um, where you have these flashpoint kind of incidents that cause people to, that cause the public and, and the police to distrust one another. It was important to me to see a, a mechanism exists that could help to enhance that kind of trust. And a way that that's done is that I, I think there's a belief amongst a lot of the public that police officers cover each other's backs, that they understand that they're on the front lines of dangerous situations and they have to make split second decisions and they, they, they cover each other for that because everyone's afraid that they're going to make a split second decision then and pay for it dearly at, at some point in the future. So they cover for one another. That's what the public believes. And and these, these civilian review boards are able to review these uh, internal investigations and assure the public, no, this was done correctly, that this was an appropriate use of force. Or, or and, and in the event that it was not, you have a, a citizen review board weighing in on it. So that it, it helps for the law enforcement to um, conduct a better investigation, knowing that somebody's going to review it when they're done. So all of that helps to enhance the, the, the relationship between the community and law enforcement. And that's why it was important to me that, that there be a CRV in Tampa and that it's actually able to conduct a, a capable uh, review of a, of an investigation so that the public can trust those investigations. Even if that, that board had, had no ability to rectify any you know, injustice or anything they saw. It, it's better than nothing, right? Uh, it, it would it would be nice if they could do that, but we're that's not even on the menu because of a statute called the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights that reserves to law enforcement agencies themselves the ability to make any kind of disciplinary decisions. But it it helps enhance the trust between the community and the people that police them if they know that there are representatives of the community that are reviewing those investigations and letting the public know if if there's anything that that is that they shouldn't agree with or yeah. that there's an investigation that was poorly conducted or if there was information that that wasn't looked into that's why it's important to have somebody checking their work um and um you're also talking about the FDLE. We should also say that the skinny did reach out to Brandon Barclay, who is uh, now the president of uh, Tampa's police union for comment uh, Ben and his response was uh not available today. 
Yeah, he'd be glad to come on in the future and talk about anything related to law enforcement. And uh, if you're just joining us here uh, for the skinny on WMNF, our guest in this in on that over Zoom is uh, James Michael Shaw, a lawyer and uh, ACLU member discussing citizen police review boards and uh, proposed legislation in Tallahassee that would more or less dissolve them and bar counties and cities from creating panels to uh, delve into complaints of police wrongdoing. Uh, the phone's already ringing, and uh, we'd love to hear from you, from listeners on this. So either email dj at wmnf.org, call 813-239-9663, or text 813 813- Four three three zero eight eight five. I think we have a call coming in, but let's James. Let's talk about uh, these proposals: HB six hundred one, SB five seventy six, moving through the legislature. Both bills concern investigations of complaints against law enforcement and correctional officers. Um, in the Senate, its sponsor is uh, Blaze uh, Ingoglia. Ingoglia. Yeah, did I say that right? A Republican from Spring Hill. Um, and while the House proposal was filed by Duval Republican uh, Wyman Duggan. Um, you know, not to get too much into the nuts and bolts, we've linked to them on the WNF website. But you know, we're talking about political subdivisions uh, preventing them from attempting to enforce certain ordinance and and, and things like that. Um, Mitch Perry reported under the House proposal that all of the boards would be dissolved, and Derek Ham of the News Service of Florida said the Senate proposal would do away with existing boards and bar these counties from creating the panels. Um, James, I'm curious, what was your reaction when you found out about and looked into these proposals? Uh, it was, of course, this legislature is is on a tear trying to undo any progress that's that's recently been done and new college and, and uh, removing uh, diversity, equity and inclusion from um, universities. And so you know, any anything that has made any kind of progress lately, there's this tear to try to undo it. So these, as you said, 21 different municipalities in Florida have have created these kinds of boards for a reason and it's it's of course something that 21 different municipalities want would be something that some legislators uh would would try to undo so and and you see this kind of preemption move uh the first time not the first time but uh, a significant one was when the state preempted any kind of regulation of of guns so municipalities can't pass any kind of uh, uh, ban on having firearms in, in certain places and so forth. And so, so they, they reserve that to the state. But then you're seeing a lot of this sort of authoritarian move where anything that a local government might do that the, the legislators in Tallahassee don't like, they can pass legislation saying only we can control that, not you. So of course they, they, they took a move on these. I think it's a step backwards because uh, the Leroy Collins Institute has recently came out with a report where they studied these and they found that um, arrests of African Americans actually went down in the municipalities that have these. That that the workload of of police officers actually went down. Fewer arrests means less stress on the job. That it was enhancing the relationships between law enforcement and the communities that they police in Florida. Um, so it, they were a good thing, and and it seems perverse to me to try to undo a good thing. But um, but you're seeing this throughout the country where police unions have poured a lot of money into elections, uh, but both uh, Representative Duggan and Senator Angolia have re- received donations from um, from police unions. And the, the, the lobbying effort is to try to undo any of these efforts to sort of, uh, well, the, the, the situation that came to a head back in 2020. Uh, and let's go to the phone here. We have Sandra from Tampa on the air. Sandra, can you hear us? Yes, yes, I can. Hi, how are you guys? Great, Sandra. You're on the skinny with James Shaw. Uh, you have a question or comment? Um, yeah, 
just a comment. Um, so I, uh, I've been um, going to the Tampa Citizens Review Board um, since the end of 2020 until present day. And um, I've dealt personally with the Tampa police. Um, so uh, I've gone to these PRB meetings uh, consistently almost every time they had it. And I've always been the only one there. Yeah. And um, no, no one really goes to it. But I could tell you when I made public comment and I had these legal disputes with the police, they got really, really upset when you made comments to the CRB. I mean... They just hate it. And, um, how do you know? Well, they, they tell me, uh, they're like, you know, Hey, you know, we're, we're tired of you. You've been complaining to the citizens review board. You're always there. And every time I complain, um, you know, I would get a step forward to, uh, my goals, um, whether it's political or legal. Um, but I just recently went to the, the city council meeting uh, just last month for the first time out of all these years of dispute. And ever since then, I've been getting harassed. I've been getting threatened. I got threatened yesterday at a city council meeting. So I could tell you that they're, I feel like they're really pushing to abolish these CRBs because clearly from myself, what I've seen, I think it is effective combating police brutality, combating police misconduct and trying to get more accountability because obviously it's aired on TV and they don't like it. But now I'm going to the city council and they're really getting upset and threatening me. And now I see that the Tampa police is trying really hard to push this bill. I feel like it's because my voice has obviously been bringing some type of change and hopefully a movement. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Uh, I, w- I oh, wonder. Sandra. Yeah, I wonder if we could just follow up if she's yeah, still on the still line. Um, and I'm, I hate to get in the weeds on this, but you're saying police physically tell you that they're upset with you for uh, speaking out publicly at the CRB meetings? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I re- I, I I will like I remember it crystal clear. Like because I I've had meetings with the chief of police. Uh, I was supposed to have a meeting with the mayor. And right now, I'm about to enter into a federal complaint against the city and the Tampa police because there's just no type of accountability. Now they're trying to um, discourage or remove those type of avenues for us to gain any type of justice because they know that our voice is obviously going to be heard. Okay. Uh, Thanks for the call, Sandra. Um, so there's like somebody who feels engaged um, with the CRV. A quick question for you, uh, James. I think you kind of alluded to this, but um, for a long time, specifically in Tampa, police oversight supporters have said that uh, the CRV is, you know, quote their quote toothless and have have and need to have more capabilities. What say you uh, about that, James? Well, the, the again, the, the CRV can only make recommendations, but um, the, the the push for subpoena power, which ultimately failed, and uh, and the push to have an independent attorney were, were both pushes to give them mechanisms to get information, to get um, video footage of, inc- of uh, incidents or to get um, uh, documents related to an incident so that they can perform an investigation and decide whether or not the outcome of an internal investigation by the 
the Professional Standards Bureau, which is what Tampa Police calls its internal uh, affairs department, uh, has has reached a sound conclusion. So it it was you know it it baffles me why anybody would think that starving them of that information is a good idea. That it would be better the less they know the better. But that that was kind of the mentality that that bubbled to the surface from this was let's not let them do a good job. So. Um, the the answer to your question, Ray, is um, you know I, I I think it's important that that these things be reviewed. And what the caller kind of alluded to as well is people were uncomfortable approaching the police themselves with a complaint about the police. To, to up, up until there was a civilian review board, you could only approach the Internal Affairs Department, and people were reluctant to do that. They feared retaliation. Um, whether or not justifiably they, they they did fear that. And so the Citizens Review Board is a board that you can approach with a complaint um, without that kind of, and the caller that called, um, I don't know the details of, of her case, but she clearly feels as though uh, she's being strongly discouraged by police from, from even bringing a complaint, from even asking for something to get looked into. So that's part of why it's important to have Citizens Review Boards so that People in the public feel like they have someone that's approachable that they can approach, even though they immediately have to send it to the internal affairs uh, departments to go ahead and investigate under the police officer's bill of rights. Uh, what do you think about the notion, uh, James, that um, these boards are uh, so local as to have you know no standards and no sense of regulation? It seems to me like that is sort of the point of local government, right? Uh, you decide your own rules. You don't want, we don't want to participate with the same rules and strictures that Miami does, for instance. But each, each community knows what that community needs and, mm-hmm. and, and what you need in Miami might not be what you need in Tampa and what you need in Tampa might not be what you need in Tarpon Springs. So it's, it, it doesn't bother me that they're they vary from place to place because different municipalities are are different. I don't think I know that that's been. This is one of those uh, pieces of legislation that the real reason is not being said out loud, right? The reasons that are being articulated by the the legislators that favor it are well, you know, it's not uniform from place to place. Well, I just explained why it doesn't need to be uniform from place to place. Each place is different, and each place is able to decide for itself what what it needs and to, to enhance the relationship between the public and its police department. Um, Senator Ngoglia has said that they're, they're divisive. Well, they're the opposite of divisive. They actually help for the public to accept the outcomes of these investigations because they know that people who are not law enforcement, who are members of the community, have reviewed these these outcomes and, and have signed off on them. So it, it, it it's the opposite of divisive. It actually helps. Um, and, and there's this kind of notion that you heard uh, you, former Mayor Buckhorn say back in 2015 when when citizens were asking for this board to be created. And he said, uh, well, I don't want it to be this board full of angry Black Panthers that are going to start interrogating our officers. And that was kind of the cartoon image, even though they can't really interrogate an officer under the Police Bill of Rights. They're, they're not allowed to ask questions of an officer or compel the officer to come before them. Um, and, and if you look at the compositions of these boards, they are not composed of angry Black Panthers. They are composed of uh, they are composed of members of the community who have, who have been appointed and, and confirmed and 
and for for good reasons because they're community members with with good standing so it's this cartoon image that uh that's being fought but again like i said the the if you if you want to try to see it from the other side i i think and and i remember members of the tampa police department saying after Derek Chauvin was convicted, it became the fear of every police officer that that might happen to them, that they might have to make a split second decision and and somebody who has never been in a situation like that will will pass a very harsh judgment on them. And they, they fear that. And so the, this idea is, well, let's not give even one inch because then then they might take a mile. Let's not even have a board who can look at a closed investigation and who has no power except to say we agree or we disagree we don't even want that we we what we want is darkness what we want is for the public to not have anyone looking into these investigations and, and we just do that in house um i i I'll frequently like to point out that you know, we've all seen the the horrific video of of George Floyd being murdered but if you contrast that with the press release that came from the Minnesota or from the Minneapolis Police Department, it just said that during an arrest, uh, a person experienced a medical episode and and passed away. That was that was the extent of the the narrative, and that's what the narrative would have been had nobody videotaped it and, and had the had the public not looked into it. So there's there's reasons that that public doubts some of these investigation outcomes and so having a, a, a public body look into them and assure the public that it can trust the results is it helps to enhance the the trust between law enforcement and the communities of the police yeah you mentioned uh chauvin's uh, split second decision that he, he had to make him and he did but he also had another just make a lot of decisions in eight and a half minutes something like that um james yeah, he, I know he wasn't a split second decision uh, but soon but, that um by the way, if you're just joining us here on The Skinny, our guest uh, on Zoom is James Michael Shaw, Jr., a lawyer and member of the Florida ACLU. We're discussing citizen police review boards and proposed legislation in Tallahassee that would more or less dissolve them. Um, thanks for your calls. Uh, the phone number here is 813-239-9663. You can text 813-433-0885 or send an email to dj at wmnf.org. Um, James, before we have to let you go, you, you kind of mentioned that report by the Leroy Collins Institute um, looking at the impact of, of these oversight boards. You know, that, that report, as you stated, found um, that agencies uh, with a board have seen a reduction in black arrest rates. Um, uh, they've also found that uh, these review cities with these boards experience a 15% reduction in, in total black arrest rates compared to cities not adopting them. Um, the reality of it is there's a Republican supermajority in Tallahassee. Um, there's a good chance that the governor is going to have an opportunity to sign this legislation into law. James, uh, before you go, can you speculate on what effect that might have on policing in Florida and maybe Tampa specifically if and when that happens? You know, it's hard to say because it's hard to say what uh, Tallahassee is really good right now at passing legislation that they haven't given much thought to exactly what it means. And so w when you have a statute that says that they're going to make it unlawful for for there to be any civilian oversight, well, what is oversight? Is reviewing a closed investigation oversight? I don't know. And and, and it's kind of strange for uh, the courts to have to sort out you know, whether something is or isn't quote unquote oversight. So I don't know what effect this is really going to have. But what I fear is that um, it, it might have an effect kind of like the stand your ground law. The stand your ground law is not a green light to go out and shoot anyone that that bothers you. But I think a lot of people believed that it did mean that. And there were there are people in prison right now who who, un, who overestimated the uh, green light that had been given to them by 
by that law, but the people that they they shot are, have still are, are still in their graves. So I'm I'm concerned that there would be some kind of a woohoo, nobody's watching anymore. We can we can do as we please uh, kind of reaction to what people might suppose that this legislation does versus what it really does. But I'd have to see the final language of it to tell you what it really does. And even when I do see the final language of it, I don't know what quote unquote oversight means. They don't define that. And that's another sort of um, feature of a lot of recent legislation is that it will use these vague terms like age appropriate or oversight and nobody knows what they mean. And so there's this chilling effect where uh, I, I better not do anything because I might I don't want to accidentally do the thing that they meant because I don't know what they meant. So do you, do you it's, think it's, it's purposeful big, that in particular, James, is it written purposely uh, loose in language like that? Well, it's it's I, I don't know that that anyone has given it that kind of thought yet. For instance, imagine that there's a police chief who is embezzling money and putting it directly into an, an, a bank account. Does this mean that nobody can investigate that except for the internal affairs department that answers to that police chief? Uh, it might mean that. And, and I can't believe that that is a result that anybody really wants, but I don't think they're thinking about that. I think they're thinking about uh, former Mayor Buckhorn's cartoon image of what he thinks a CRB is and how they don't want that. And it won't be until in the wake of this legislation when you have an incident like that or where you have uh, a police chief flashing her badge to get out of a ticket in a neighboring municipality where where the question becomes, well, what are we allowed to do to look into this? There's the statute now that says we can't investigate things. And and so I, I don't know that, that that thought is being given to it. And it should alarm the citizens of Florida that we have legislation like this uh, that's that's going through the legislature that people are voting for and they don't even know what it really means. So I, I encourage people to contact their legislators and ask them to oppose this bill and let municipalities decide for themselves whether or not they need a board like this, and if so, what kind of a board they want to have. Thanks, James. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Ray. Thanks. And as we transition to our next uh, guest here, the phones are kind of busy, so I'm going to uh, pick this one up here from St. Pete. Uh, thanks for waiting. You're on the air on WMNF. Hi. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, okay, wow, this is really something. Um, you know, with the, um, with the uh, lessening of, of the fourth state uh, locally, um, I think that we need to have a review board more than ever. Um, not that it has teeth, uh, who knows? But it would be neat to have some kind of a, you know, um, a dialogue in a in in print, in print, something of a record, like the old uh, letters so, to the editor page. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we're talking to a newspaper guy here, so yeah, you know, uh, maybe we'll bring that back. You're always welcome to to write letters well, and stuff like that. Is, I'm not saying an either or thing. But uh, just another reason to have oversight. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. When you, oh. Yeah, that's all I want to say. Thank you. Okay, have a good one. And let's sneak in one more call here. JT from Lakeland, who's been waiting for a long time. JT, are you there? Yeah, guys. Um, so every everybody's job has oversight, has some type of uh, responsibility behind it or to it, and, and should. But what also is alarming in, in Florida is, and now the ever-rising um, political uh, association uh, affiliations where parties parties are now controlling the narrative uh, and like school boards now are becoming uh, party aligned sheriffs in Florida are party aligned uh, this is a clear and present danger to democracy and it needs to be brought to light and dealt with thank you 
Okay, thanks for your call, uh, JT. Um, so as we, as we get our second half guest in here, um, I think some people wonder, like, what, what does the CRB look at? And for a long time, Justin, uh, who was at the paper for a year and a half, looked into it. Some of them uh, involved veterans of the Tampa Police Department using homophobic slurs while arresting somebody. Um, ultimately, the CRB agreed uh, unanimously with the Internal Affairs Investigation and found those violations against the officer. Um, one of the crazier ones, there was a Tampa police captain, Ashley Roberts, who uh, retired early after acting belligerent uh, while cutting the line at Bush Gardens. And the investigation found that she was at Bush Gardens, off-duty, drunk, and tried to get to the front of the line for Cobra's Curse, this roller coaster, and this line attendant told her it was against the rules. She Is needed a, a quick cupid. Hey, yeah, you can't cut the lines. You can be drunk at Bush Gardens, I think, but you can't uh, cut the lines. But she pulled out her uh, wallet badge and, uh, and said that was her quick cue. And I think that came before... Uh, the uh, uh, CRB um, at what point, and, and I think the internal affairs investigation, uh, she retired like two days after it started, and, and uh, the CRB voted unanimously that the board agreed with the findings of um, the IA. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, many of these review boards sprung up after George Floyd. Um, Tampa CRB is unique in a way because it was created in 2015 in the wake of Biking While Black, and while legislators and lawyers have a lot to say about the effectiveness and importance of CRBs, um, we wondered what about the members themselves. So right now we'd like to welcome uh, two members of Tampa Citizens Review Board, speaking for themselves, by the way, not on behalf of the board. I should make that very clear. Um, Irene C. Guy and uh, Devin uh, Igandela. There we go. Uh, welcome to the show. Go ahead and approach your mic. Um, and uh, thanks for being here and making time for us. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Of course. Yeah, um you. And I, sh- I should point out, too, because a lot of people are interested, you know, there's a lot of requirements to be on this board. You have to be 18. You have to do a background check. You have to do the TBD Citizens Academy. Um, you can't have felonies. Um, moral turpitude uh, gets tossed out, which is great. Um, and, and you may not be a City of Tampa employee. Um, you can't be related to TPD or working for any law enforcement agency. Uh, you can't be uh, holding a political office or campaigning for one. Um, these and, sound like standards and regulations. This is what the bill meant to correct, right? But yeah, these uh, are all regulations. They, they, yeah, I mean, not everybody, anybody can be on here. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And um, um, I should point out that Tampa's Review Board has 11 volunteer people that are on staggered four-year terms. Um, and how they're appointed, one is appointed by the NAACP in conjunction with the mayor. Um, five are appointed by the mayor themselves. Another five uh voted in and appointed by city council. And I believe it meets roughly every month. Is that correct, Irene and, and Devin, yeah. right? I yes, think we does. may sometimes just skip some for holidays and stuff like that. Um, Devin, you're a first-term member. Irene, you're on your second term. Both of you were appointed by a city council member. Um, Irene goes all the way back to Frank Reddick. So uh, a lot of the Tampano politicos out there will know that. My initial question for each of you, and um, or maybe Irene can go first, why? Why volunteer for this? And how do you end up getting selected? Thanks for having us here because I think it is an important issue. But um, and thanks for Mr. Shaw. He was he a lot of the things he said were exactly right. So um, I wanted to be part of this board. I was not born in Tampa, but I was raised in Tampa since I was ten, and my mother was born here. So I I care about the city, and so there were lots of things on local and national news that were very. Um, unpleasant. And so I thought, well, this is a good good way for me to maybe help the citizens and the police have a better relationship. 
And uh, I have lived in my community, several communities in Tampa all my life. So I felt like I could be a voice for the people that were in my community. And Devin, why? Why, why do you want to do this? Yeah, it's funny. I, um, I was just kind of scrolling through the available boards just out of curiosity. I thought, you know, if no one's going to say something, I should say something, right? So I got to get involved. Yeah. So I'm just kind of scrolling through, and I, I come across this one, and I thought to myself, I had never been part of any parliamentary procedures or anything like that. And I thought this would be an interesting one, uh, you know, versus like zoning or something like that. <laughs> this is at least going to have some interesting stories that, you know, would be local and important to, to all of us. So I applied for it. Um, I went through and, you know, two months later, I got a call from the city clerk and she said, you want to come down and get sworn in because they've selected you as part of the board. And this is kind of, that was the adventure that I started like four years ago. And you clicked your heels and you went right over to city <laughs> hall. I was like, let's get started. We're on an adventure. <laughs> By the way, if you're just joining, oh, go ahead. Do it. Ben, uh, ben. I was just going to, if you're just joining us, yeah. uh, we welcome your phone calls and your, uh, your emails. Call us at 813-239-9663. Send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. You're listening to The Skinny on WMNF. Um, I just wonder how you guys view your job. Like, do you think of yourselves as ombudsman or... Um, what, what, how do you view your role in, on this board? I see myself as the liaison between the citizens and the police department. It has morphed a little bit since the very beginning. You know, I don't know that we all understood what we were getting ourselves into in the beginning. Uh, but now people know that I'm on this board and I do social media. I talk to, to people on social media. And if they have a problem, they bring it to me. And I send it on either to the police chief or our liaison with the police department, and they react to this. And so I feel like people are more comfortable coming to me than they would be trying to figure out where to go in the police department, uh, you know, because it's a, it, it is a large organization. We, you know, you have district offices. People don't all understand that, but they understand that I'm on this board. Yeah. And so being on it as long as I have, Many people do understand that I represent them uh, to the police department. Bridge and a gap. What about you? I, I feel like my job is, you know, I heard in, when I was waiting some people talking about tooth and toothless and all these things. And I really think that it's a flashlight. You know, the flashlight doesn't have any teeth, but it's certainly a useful tool. And I feel like for me and for, you know, you know at least I can speak for myself, that we're shining a light where maybe a light hadn't been shown before mm. or even focusing a light that had been shown maybe broadly down to a specific case, a specific, you know, instance. So I like to think of myself as a flashlight. And Devin, we didn't know he was a poet. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah. just going to no, say, that a, sounded a lot better than that's, me. That's a great way um, to put it. Let me ask you this. The News Service of Florida said that, um, in, in Goglia, sponsor of the Senate bill, mentioned that review boards are made up of what he called political appointees who lack law enforcement expertise and don't understand the complexities of policing. Mitch Perry, our colleague, reported that uh, Representative Duggan, who sponsored the House proposal, said there are no, quote, uniform standards among the 21 different police oversight agencies across the state. Do you have a response to these assertions from our elected officials? I, I can go, yeah. I, um, I think that, the, that local government is probably the most effective form of government. You know, we know what we need. And when you start kind of going to that wider and wider and wider level, it's harder for them to impose their rules on us, right? Well, I mean, who knows better than we do? 
Um, so I think the point of the board is to not have police experience, right? To not see it through the the glasses that they wear every day. You know, um, you know, we can see it from a different angle, and from our own personal experiences and the stories that we've seen. So. I think it's kind of the point is that we don't have experience with law enforcement or, you know, not attorneys. None of us are attorneys. So I think that's that's the point. And what about you, Irene? What, well, what do you say to those assertions from the lawmakers? One of our board members is an attorney. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but that it, and that's an excellent point. Um, I think that you're exactly right. Local government is the most is the closest to the people. And plus, each police department, sheriff's department, they have their own processes that they use. And so, you know, I'm, I'm big on not preempting local government. Um, I, I do believe that this bill does bring to light that there are things that some of these, uh, depart- the, these boards are doing that may or may not be helpful. And, you know, you brought up giving us subpoena rights and and having our own attorney. The original statute didn't have any of that in it, and I believe it was for a good reason. We are a review board, not an investigative board. We, We are to review these cases, and we have many times questioned what has happened. And there have been process changes based on what we've done. So do I think it's a, a, a good idea for all the boards to be done away with? No, but I do believe, I understand why this has come up because there's just a whole lot of, of noise around these boards and they all are different. You know, you look at Miami compared to us, totally different way we do things. So should there be some standard way maybe a, a surface standard way, and then the, the cities, the counties, sheriff, whoever it is, you know, then they make those rules based on the local activity. But it, it's, it's kind of a difficult thing for me. I have been vocal about some of the changes and um, because I, I think the, the original statute was some tweaks, was really what I was looking at. I, I'm not... I'm not I don't want to join a board that, first of all, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an investigator. You brought up the very good point uh, before we uh, went on air uh, that perhaps I, as a citizen, don't want a board of my fellow citizens to have subpoena power to be able to get my ring cam footage, for instance. And and that is one of my mantras. Uh, Mr. Shaw has heard it, uh, that, you know, I I know that the police department has access to ring cameras by permission. I I give them permission to look at my camera. But that might be changing. I just read something that they might change that. Really? Yes. Well, that that's interesting. But but I but I have agreed, you, you know, through the police department that they can use my camera footage. But me, we, we tell these citizens we're going to subpoena your ring camera. Mm-hmm. Well, the ACLU should be all over us mm-hmm. because that's get, getting into your personal life. So, and I don't know anything about this. You know, even to the point of us hiring an attorney, I can tell you I've been on the board from the beginning. We've never had a problem getting answers, legal answers. And so... For us to hire an attorney, and first of all, for the people listening to this, this is going to cost you a lot of tax dollars mm-hmm. that are unnecessary. We have never had a problem with with the city attorneys giving us information. 
I mean, I could go back. I've got notes everywhere. I could go back and show you where we've we've actually asked them to look at how this is done and from a legal perspective, and they have come back to us. So, you know, I may, I certainly am not speaking for the rest of the board, but I believe being a citizen's review board is what it w- was meant to be. And if you're just joining us, that voice you're hearing is Irene C. Guy. She's a member of Tampa Citizen Review Board along with Devin in- in- Ingandella. Ingandella. It's okay. Um, and, and we're discussing proposed legislation in Tallahassee that would more or less dissolve um, these boards. Um, don't don't feel like you have to expand on this question too much, but I did want to mention at your meeting. Are you meeting, telling me to stop talking? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, on, on Tuesday, the CRB decided that, uh, or the vice chair decided uh, they would uh, pen a uh, letter to the legislature asking them to more or less keep the board as is. Um, is there anything to add to that uh, comment or to just kind of leave it there? Well, we kind of we kind of sped through that because of the the sessions are in, you know the the legislatures are in session right now. Normally, that would be something we would talk about, and we'd probably pen the letter at the next meeting. You know, just kind of go home, do your homework, think about what you want to say. But the fact that they're actually in there talking about this bill right now, um, we thought it was appropriate to just take a very um, like open statement and send it to them from our board. Um, just so that they know that we know what they're looking to do and that we disagree. Yeah. So that's why we did it that way. Normally, it would just be um, through the you know through the board, and we the city attorney would probably write it for us after we gave her some bullet points to to put on it and send it. So that's why we went that way with it. I witnessed this too, the care with which you all took to not violate open records laws or oh, <laughs> anything of the sort uh, when it came to drafting this letter in an expedited fashion. Uh, the, very, very careful. The chair was uncomfortable procedures. even, I don't know if you, I sent the link with the, um, with the timestamp and the chair was even uncomfortable signing something that we hadn't fully fledged out right. and discussed. And he said he, if it wasn't open and exactly what we talked about in those couple of minutes that he wouldn't sign it. So right, right. I thought that was pretty cool that he, he was able to make that, that assertion uh, for us and for the, the citizens, really. Let's yeah. go to the phones real quick. James from Tampa. Uh, you're here on the air on WMNF. James, are you there? Yeah, it's me again. <laughs> from, from the first episode. Oh, oh, James Shaw. Hello. Hey, James. Welcome back. I heard what Irene said about the, the ring cameras, and I wanted to respond to that because I've, I've never understood it, and I've never had the opportunity to ask her. Let's say that there is an incident that a citizen says it happens one way, and a police officer says it happens the other way, and it happens in a park across the street from somebody's house, and it's captured by the ring camera. And, and let's say the ring camera is owned by somebody who has a back-the-blue flag and believes that backing the blue means protecting an officer from the consequences of violating uh, procedures and refuses to turn it over. What would be the reason for their, for you to not want to see that? Why, why in the world would you not want to see the video of an incident in order to review, um, to, to come up with a, a yes or a no as to whether or not you think that they reached the correct result of the review? Um, I, I, I've signed many subpoenas myself for documents like that. And, and it doesn't seem to bother anybody to respond to a subpoena and testify as to something that they witnessed or produce a copy of a document that's relevant to a court case. But when we talk about CRVs, suddenly getting a subpoena feels like being executed. So what, what was – I don't understand the opposition to that. Okay. I'm a, thanks, right. James. Hey, James. Uh, 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 good, to, good to listen to you this morning. Um, <clears throat> you're a lawyer. I have no problem with you 
sending out a subpoena, honestly. And if there was an investigation, <clears throat> excuse me, professional standards should have known about that ring camera. They could have asked. And if, in fact, they, the person who owned the camera said, no, I'm not going to give it to you, if it was serious enough, it would go to the state attorney, and they could do a subpoena. So there are avenues for subpoenas to be issued by people who know what they're doing. I am not a lawyer. You are a lawyer. I have no problem with you issuing a subpoena. I have a problem with me issuing a subpoena. What about you, Devin? Uh, that's an interesting uh, thing, the, the capabilities and, and, and these powers. What do you think about potential subpoena power for a, a CRB as a collective? Because you guys would have to vote. Somebody would have to make a motion, and then the board as a collective would somebody have to second it, right? And then somebody would have to, uh, and then it would have to be voted on. We haven't needed it yet. I think it's kind of putting the cart before the horse. You know, the, there hasn't been a problem that we would have solved with a subpoena before. You know, the, you know, we're in Tampa, we're lucky. Like our police officers all have the body worn cameras and it's all, all that video is accessible. Um, so in a case like James was talking about, we would have video of that incident. And like Irene said, if it was serious enough, it, they would subpoena all the cameras around the, the park that kind of thing. So I feel like it's I feel like it's creating a problem that we don't have yet or that we haven't had yet. Not that it won't be a problem. It just hasn't in my experience been a problem. And maybe this next question will will shed a little bit more light on that. Kind of pull the veil back on this. Who gets to pick uh the internal invest affairs investigations or topics you discuss on the CRB? The chair um generally gets a list. We we all get a list now of the most current cases. That's a little bit of a change over the years. Uh, the the chair does pick. Uh, when I was vice chair, <clears throat> he wanted me to do it, so I did for probably two years. What are the? Can I get in the sure. weeds a second? What are the details you get along with those? I imagine it's not just case names or numbers. Right. It's it's a little synopsis of what um, what the case was about, mm -hmm. what what transpired, and what the results were, and the year that it was done because in the beginning we d we got older cases so it was a little bit more difficult for us uh, past 2 years i think we've been getting much more current cases which is much better i think in the be beginning nobody was really sure how to do this and and it is private information that you can you can get because it becomes public if you request it but you know there's a lot of things in in these reports that you know only we have seen and mm. it but if it's too old, it was hard to to really get your arms around. But that's it, it's a pretty simple process. You want you, anything that's gone through internal affairs, we get a report on that now. Is there a mechanism for the chair or you guys as a body to say, hey, we haven't seen the results on this particular IA investigation and we'd like to see that? Is there a way that you can ask for something specific? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, and by the way, if you're just joining us here on The Skinny, our guests in the studio are Irene C. Guy and Devin Igandelia. Both Nicodella, uh, okay. I'm getting better. Uh, both discussing Citizen Police Review Board's proposed legislation in Tallahassee that would more or less um, dissolve them. Um, question for you: um, Sounds kind of basic, but a big tenet of the CRB is to have this quote unbiased panel of citizens on it. What does being unbiased mean to you? I think it's it has to do with us being regular citizens. Um, and you kind of read through some of the instructions earlier on how you're chosen, and I think that's important that you know my. My mom doesn't work at the police department. My wife doesn't work for the state attorney's office, you know, those kind of things. It's important to not have those connections 
you know, you don't have any skin in the game, just an yeah. unbiased third party that can look at the totality of what happened and, and get an opinion on it. And so, as we mentioned earlier, police have a lot of protections already under the Florida Police Officers Bill of Rights. Um, thinking about the public nature of the CRB, do you think it hurts cops to have their internal inve- affairs investigations discussed in the public uh, by the CRB? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, the, there's These things are not done in a vacuum. Uh, they're, they're, you have access to it. I think it's a good thing. And sometimes we come up with questions that, because we've been sitting there listening to these for years, that maybe the general public wouldn't. And so I think that's a a really good thing. And we don't always agree. And we can sit there and discuss it. And those discussions are on TV and people can see everything that we're doing. And I think it's a good thing. That's the City of Tampa YouTube, by the way. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. really good you, last night. What do you guys know? What do you know now that you didn't before you were on this board about policing, about community relations? I, you know, for me, we had to participate in what's called a, a Citizens Police Academy, yeah. where they kind of run you through just high level stuff. The train, the trainers of the police department put it on. They host it. It's you know. Couple of week, a couple of weekday nights and a weekend night, and um, they really kind of run you through some scenarios. They have actual ones that they'll show you. They have scenarios they'll put you in. They have training scenarios, and it for me, you know, when I go and I watch, uh, you know, a video on YouTube or Reddit or whatever, and you know, people are breaking it down frame by frame by frame, and then you see it at real speed, and it feels totally different. You know, there's that that moment where, you know, when you go back and try to remember this stressful thing that you did, you put your events in maybe a bad order or something like that. And that's that's an actual phenomenon that people experience when they're under stress. So for me, that was eye-opening that I got to see that part of how the police department works. Um, You know, I'm I'm critical of the police, um, and it was kind of nice to see how they, you know, how they deal with it and how they see it. At that speed, so yeah. that was eye-opening for me. Yeah. What about you, Irene? How's the, being on the board changed you? Two terms. Two terms. <laughs> um, what it has done for me is it has given me um, a better feeling about the police department, and it also has given me a voice for my community, which has been wonderful, and and giving me access to the police department and the mayor if there is an issue that I've has been brought to me. So those things were really important to me. And also going through the police academy. And I've also gone through the FBI academy. So I was interested. I wanted to understand it. And when you are in their shoes, it feels a lot different. I recommend people all the time to go through the Citizens Academy. It is available to them. They can do it. And I think it gives you a whole new attitude. And and it may, I mean, I shouldn't admit it, but during, we, we were at the training and we were in a car and we were supposed to be like brave. And I wasn't, I hid behind the car. And, but that to me is what a normal person would do. So, you know, and a police are just normal people who have had lots of training, hopefully. And they... And, and they do now do a lot of psychological training. 
Uh, there's training for people with disabilities. I mean, they have made lots of changes just since I've been there. I thought you were going to say you unbuckled the seatbelt and rolled out and went crazy. Um, <laughs> well, no, but it was it was a little bit embarrassing. But, it, you know, it was what my reaction was. Yeah, and I, I will tell you, um, I've done the mayor's university, and that's like a 12-week course, and you get a little bit of the police here down there on, right. on, on the yeah, court and, and the too. fire. So those are really great things for people uh, to experience, and they're free. Um, you can sign up. Maybe I'll do a blog on it here. we got just a few minutes left. Um, I was you, trying to figure out where in District 11 in Blaze Ingoglia's Ingol- district – there would be a citizen review board, uh, maybe, um, I'm trying to find yeah, it. I, I think, I, I think in Tallahassee, sure. they get caught up in, 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 in some things. And, and Lake Buena Vista, I don't know, Winter Garden maybe? That, that is a good question. There's no we Polk contact City. contact the, uh, the senator um, about that. Um, Irene and Devin, when you think about that study, uh, the Leroy Collins Institute and, and, and the reduction in, in black arrests and jurisdictions with um, CRBs, um, obviously we're, we have like three minutes left here, but can you speculate on what effect passage of this legislation might have on policing in Tampa? I think we're lucky in Tampa. I think we have um, a generally a good department that's well run with open doors and open arms. Um, so, you know, I think we could probably still shine our flashlight even after they, they pass this bill because, you know, that's what we do. We review. Um, we don't investigate. So, you know, and I think our attorneys are smart. I think that they'll find a way for us to continue to do what we do without being in violation of any state statutes. And what about you, Irene? Uh, what's what's your outlook on what the state of policing in Tampa looks like if this bill does pass? Well, I, I think this. I agree with Devin. I mean, our police department is very well run, even though we've had a few hiccups with chiefs, but it's very well run. The the you know the rank and file uh, officers are who run the department. They know what they're doing. Uh, they police themselves. We've had many. Uh, Investigations come before us that police officers officers have reviewed to refer to professional standards. Mm. I think that's a good thing. I mean, that's a brave thing to do. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, by the time this legislation gets through, it's going to be changed. Right on. Thank you so much, um, Irene and Devin, for being here. Thank you to James at the top of the show. Um, this has been the skinny here on WMNF Tampa. Please continue to stay tuned. In Studio One is Ellen Schelke with art in your ear. On behalf of myself, Ben Montgomery, Mitch Perry in absentia, uh, Skip Sassy on the boards, and Irene on the phones, we thank you so much for spending the last hour with us here. Please stay tuned for five minutes of NPR News, and we'll see you here next week. See you next week.